Welcome to the Quiet in Front podcast. I'm your host, Michael McDonald. And I'm Noah Fillman. Quiet in Front is your newest place for all things cinema. Join Mike and Noah as we break down the newest trailers or the hottest films, along with our thoughts and opinions on movies that shaped generations. And remember, we watch so you can listen. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Quiet in Front podcast. I'm Noah. And I'm Mike. We're back, baby. And today we are going over, what, the final episode of our Star Wars series yeah, here. Yeah, part three of our three-part series of the Star Wars franchise. We've got a few things to cover, and unfortunately, as our ultimate episode, our final episode here, not a lot of it is very good. Oh, this one's going to be a, a tough one for us to get Maybe through. Maybe a little bit rough, yeah. We're, we don't have a lot of kind things to say when it comes to sequel trilogy and sequel material of the star wars franchise yeah that's not our fault that's because the writers are not great uh, unless you're dave filoni and john favreau other than that you're gods but yeah. you know yeah <laughs> but i mean and even so they're they're so used to the animated stuff so i wouldn't be surprised if they went back to animated stuff i could hope so you know? i have a good feeling with the bad batch season two but we're getting ahead of ourselves because right. honestly so let's like... run through what we're what we're going to be covering today mandalorian uh both seasons uh, Book of Boba Fett, and then the sequel trilogy, right? Yeah. Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and The Rise, the Rise of, of Skywalker. Skywalker. <laughs> and then after that, we don't really have a trivia game today, but we are going to let you guys in on how we rank all of the Star Wars properties, you know, what we cover. All 16 big uh, TV and film Content. 11 movies and 5 shows, and we got them all ranked in a list of which ones are our favorites and which ones suck. But you'll just have to find out at the end of this episode. But first, let's jump 5 years after the events of Return of the Jedi to probably the best thing to come out of the sequel section of Star Wars. The, the best Mandalorian. new Star Wars, yeah. The Mandalorian. I'll let what you throw have? it in. Like, Get, get us started. Like, honestly, this show is what? It came out in 2019? I forget. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um... But we follow this totally new character, Din Djarin, right? And he is a Mandalorian of Creed, not from the planet. Yeah, he's a foundling. Fact, yeah. He's a foundling. So he was picked up by another Mandalorian. They were the Death Watch from the Clone Wars, funny oh, enough. Well, yeah. there you go. See, I again, just, just as always, you're going to know more than I know. I try. Um, and Din Djarin has grown into a bounty hunter. We meet him when he is a bounty hunter. And he is traversing the sands of... Tatooine, as well as other planets. I mean, he, he visits a few planets. Yeah, we go to, at least in the first season, we go to a new planet called Navarro, which right. is kind of where his guild for his bounty hunter contracts is, where we run into Apollo Creed. Apollo, oh, <laughs> Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers. <laughs> yeah, Carl Weathers uh, shows up in Star Wars. Now we got Carl Weathers and Billy D. Williams, two people that I constantly confuse for one another. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, like, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I just haven't seen much of their work. Um, but I used to always confuse. I used to always think Apollo Creed was played by Billy D. Wow. Yeah, I That's know. That's a very strange thing weird? to get confused. It's so weird. Yeah. For like no other reason though. And again, I was always like that with Jessica Chastain and uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard. That makes sense. Yeah. Another one. You're gonna be surprised. I got confused a lot. Robin Williams and Bill Murray. Really? Yes. But you like love both of them. I know. I do. Uh, like I know the difference now. Big time. Huh. Um. R.I.P. to one of them. But let's get back to the Mandalorian. <laughs> Um, this show is just following this one character as he uh, not really rises the ranks, but becomes a more experienced bounty hunter, you know, yeah. f uh, finding different missions to go on, uh, reaping the, reaping the benefits and 
getting in touch with his emotional side along the way. Yeah. Doesn't he? He doesn't. This is They show it right in the first episode of the series, right at the end, the final shot. The Mandalorian is tasked with going to get this package or this per- individual for a holdout Imperial remnant on the planet of Navarro. Yeah. And we're like, all right, well, the Empire's still around. Makes sense. And basically, he goes to this planet, and him and an like IG assassin IG droid, yeah, IG eleven, who's like IG eighty eight, an assassin droid. They're all like, "Okay, let's fight these guys. Let's get this person. Let's get out of here." And they stumble upon this little crate, little it's a bassinet, little, f- little floating egg, and yeah. it opens up, and we see another one of Yoda's species. The third time in the Star Wars franchise that we've seen yeah so yoda yaddle and now grogu, grogu. At, as first he's just known as the child and he the media has taken to calling him baby yoda yeah i think it's was an interest it surprised me because coming out after the last jedi this was the first thing since that whole i guess since solo and that whole turmoil and with disney and all that and to have such a move where they introduce a cool bounty hunter and then this also lovable, adorable little character. Yeah, and and you know what? I, it was I will smart. Say, it is smart marketing wise. I'll say it's nice to have another one of that mysterious species. I don't know what it's called. Um, I don't think anyone does. Does I, it have a name? I don't think it does. Yeah, I don't think Yoda's species has a name. Well, it was nice to see another one of Yoda's species. Um, I, but it's kind of obvious that Lucasfilms did this for toy value. As well. Oh, well, yeah. Everywhere you look, it's the Mandalorian and Yoda. Or yeah, ba- let's get this straight out of the way. Baby Yoda or Grogu is fucking adorable. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's, he is he is an adorable little guy. And it's practical. Most of it's practical, yeah, which I also respect. It's a he's puppet. He's a puppet so. or an anim- uh, I don't think they use money animatronics on him. No, he's Can't more of a puppet. Maybe for the blinking. I think for the head. They just yeah. have some like little robotic parts with his ears and eyes. But like for the most part, it's practical effect. That makes sense. Probably the same stuff they used with Chucky and Child's Play. I, I guess. Chucky and Grogu are just first cousins. They removed, might be. You know? yeah. Anyway, the Mandalorian. Uh, he kind of becomes a father figure. So the whole show is really about again him kind of learning to be a bounty hunter struggling with this creed and making connections and you know he kind of has to make those calls between do i want to have these emotional connections because he meets a lady friend later remember in that village yeah that one the one episode my least favorite episode of season one actually is it yeah it is i kind of like it because of the uh imperial walkers or the 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 Uh, yeah the ats yeah Yeah. i don't know it's just like one of those episodes where it's just like it was oddly paced for me but it's real rough either way uh in that episode he meets a lady friend who who kind of takes a liking to him and he has to make that call again do i sacrifice my basically a religion my religion for you know my happiness my own vices yeah i think it's really interesting because it's he's you know he struggles a lot well we got to make this clear is that if he takes off his helmet he is denounced he's from the order. He's not a Mandalorian any longer. Right. And he's in this very interesting part of the Mandalorian culture. He's in like more of like a, a radical side of it where like they believe in like the old ways of before Mandalore changed into like Duchess of Teens, mm-hmm. like rule and all that stuff. But and season two, we'll see more different Mandalorians. Sure. With people like Bo-Katan, how they take their helmets off and how they don't believe in like the hardcore religious side of it. And yeah, all that. it's really strange. It, it almost feels like separate religious denominations, you know, that believe 
in the or, or look like the same thing but believe different things. Yeah, it's just so strange. I I think it's fascinating, but I think it's cool. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, season that's a little bit more season two, but season one really kind of stays grounded where it doesn't have any nods to the wider Star Wars franchise. Mm-hmm. Every character is basically new other than the last episode yeah other than the last episode yeah our, our main um antagonist in this show is named moff gideon played by giancarlo esposito brilliantly oh fantastic of breaking bad fame as everyone knows him i know him as um the detective jack jack bayer i from think your favorite movie from the usual suspects oh fantastic and he's so young in that film uh, going back to look at him but he plays Moff Gideon, who is kind of a a fossil, a remnant of yeah, the Empire, but still believes in it. He was a former ISB officer, which was like Imperial, like CIA crap yeah. and all that. So. He, is, he is a ruin of the Empire. Yeah. So he's still trying to kind of uphold that hierarchy, that system. Mm-hmm. And we'll see as we get into the sequel trilogy, he somewhat succeeds as long as the sequel trilogy is canon yeah which i think it still is right now it is but there's always that rumor like it's like the last three movies aren't going to be in that the mandalorian on is going to be the new star wars canon for the sequel trilogy so, yeah uh, it's still to be still to be seen if disney wants to go that route or not either way i think mandalorian is is a good choice to start shoveling money into. yeah because they also with the end of season one, we mentioned Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon owns the Darksaber, which he, we have mentioned last episode quite a bit. Yeah, we see that he wields uh, the Darksaber, which is used to rule over Mandalore. Yeah, so it's kind of like that was the first thing from the Clone Wars, too. That yeah, we'd only in. seen it in the Clone Wars. Yeah, never in live action, so it was really cool. And in Rebels. when Is it in Rebels? Yeah, because Sabine gives the Darksaber to Bo-Katan. That kind of leads to that yeah. whole problem in season two when mando wins the dark saber from moff gideon yeah so it's technically his right technically he's the plan yeah he rules mandalore even though he's not like I'll, i won't spoil we're jumping ahead the boba fett but like, yeah that is so funny i actually want to take a minute to talk about um the actor who plays the mandalorian himself pedro pascal life is good but it can be better it's true but he he's <laughs> he's fantastic man he's been crushing it lately not only because like he started what in game of thrones yeah that's where i that's really where first i saw, first him. saw him i saw yeah. him in the second kingsman movie is the first thing i saw oh him yeah he was i forget what his character's name was but he was oh the one he the was tallahassee one. no tallahassee's from zombie land yeah. um i forget what either way uh he was in the kingsman he played an american which yeah. is, was strange for me to see like i know he is american but with a name like pedro pascal anyway um but i remember seeing him in game of thrones and then he was in narcos uh from the few episodes that i watched Uh, since then he's been he's been killing it now he plays the mandalorian he was in one the wonder woman sequel which i haven't seen but i heard the only good the the only good part about that movie and he's gonna be in the last of us tv series that's coming out yeah he's gonna be playing joel in the last which i'm excited for that that's fantastic that's pretty good casting although i'm not sure how i'm gonna like the show itself yeah as long as like if it sticks true to the game but pedro pascal in this really shows why he's meant for the role because at, while they do have stunt doubles he's trained in like combat with, with like with swords and staves and stuff which we yeah. see mandalorian use on a pretty regular basis so he's trained to do all this stuff assumingly from game of thrones where he was he played a warrior he didn't have to wear armor that's another thing too is like yeah. he He's a good actor because, like, you don't see his face. You really don't see his face until a little bit in season two, quite a bit. But yeah, like, they, they, they showed in season one, and I think that was just 
to like show you, oh, look, it's him. It's Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you see it more in season two. I actually almost don't like that you see his face as often as you do. He only shows it like three times. I still think it's too much. Yeah, because you, know? you, I mean, I think it, if we saw his face when he took it off the helmet for Grogu, I think that would have been fine. But he showed it, what, two ep- an episode before that when he had to like take his helmet off to scan his face to like yeah. get into the Imperial computer, which makes no sense. First of all, a little side tangent here. Sure. They're at an Imperial facility, right? Trying to get information on where Moff Gideon's light cruiser is. Mm-hmm. And every stormtrooper and soldier in there should have face scans. They should know who's at the base. Pedro Pascal just can't walk in there, take off a helmet, and be like, oh, it's a human. Well, guess what, Mike? <laughs> he did. He did do that. It's a hell of a Along with Bill Burr. My, my favorite stand-up comedian actually makes his Star Wars debut Which, in the show. by the way, they really redeemed his character in the second season, too. Yeah. I really enjoy his I thought his, his character. character was fine in the first, and then the second season, he was even better. You know? Because that was a very philosophical episode. That's actually one of my favorite episodes of the show because... Because of that scene, the table scene? Well, that and also just because of them driving the truck to the Imperial Mining Facility where it's like, he's like, can you like, what's up with like your religion? Like, can you take off your helmet? Or is like, you can't, people can't see your face. Like, what is it? Like, what's... Yeah. And he's like talking about like... The whole show is full of those those little meta commentaries, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's really cool, and and the whole show is very well paced. It's very well written. It doesn't feel overbearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and at they, times, they separate them in the chapters, which I kind of like too, because it feels like yeah. every, even though there's still that overarching story, every episode feels like its own little adventure where you could just sit and watch it. Yeah, some of them are like one-offs. Yeah, you know, but they lead to something. Something bigger, like the season two uh, premiere with Cobb Vanth, where we oh, get to meet and him. They, they have to kill the crate dragon. That's like that's like its own little Star Wars movie right there. And then yeah. the final shot, we see a particular character. Oh, sure. I mean, we can say it. It's Boba, been Fett. Out for a while. Boba, Boba Fett. Boba Fett, and it, he's re- it's revealed that he survived uh, the Sarlacc pit and escaped. Yeah. Um, and he's introduced in season two, which is a a big part of season two and he's great in it. He's great in season two. And then as we get into the book of Boba Fett, we'll talk about why he's not great in that. Yeah. But overall the Mandalorian season one is really good. And then season two ramped it up almost like it just dialed I mean, it to 11. You got, all, we had so many characters. They're making a lot up. of good calls with the show, bringing in, like you said, Bo-Katan and, um, they brought Soka, the other Mandalorian first, and Ahsoka. a live action Ahsoka, which is the first time we saw that our first, View of live action Ahsoka, who comes back in played Book by Rosario Fett. Dawson from uh, and she's fantastic. I, that was a fame. fan casting, you know. Was the, it really? Well, the fans like created a petition. It's like make Rosario Dawson live action Ahsoka because I think Disney was planning on making Brie Larson. Ahsoka. Oh yeah, I do remember that, and I was like, um, don't do that. But I, I'm really glad that they went with Rosario Dawson because she is a damn good actor. She's still. I mean, uh, she is still able to get physical in her role, uh, which is fantastic. She shows that in her episode in The Mandalorian when she shows up, how, like, she's very movable. You know, she knows how to... Oh, light, she takes, she's good she with the lightsaber combat. Of, yeah. A uh, whole bunch of Mamma Jamma's out. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's Thrawn. That's Thrawn's guys. Yeah. He's and I'm exci- again, I'm excited to see her show uh, where she is yeah. pursuing Grand Admiral Thrawn. That one's going to be fun. That one's going to be really, really good. But season two of Mandalorian is where she makes her first appearance and there's so many other people too that show up in that show oh my god yeah it's it's dumb like Co- Cobb Vanth Ahsoka I mean Luke Skywalker Bo-Katan, shows up in the Luke season finale the end, Boba, to take I mean, Grogu away yeah I think they're trying to 
make new content through the lens of the original trilogy. And I think they're doing you know? a good job because I feel like every time I watch The Mandalorian, I feel like I'm watching the original trilogy. It has that vibe. It has like the quirky set pieces yeah. and all that. Like the technology is pretty spot on to what they were trying to do with the yeah. stuff they had back it's in really the cool. 70s and 80s. So. I really I, – I have been enjoying the content from The Mandalorian up to this point. And I really hope we get to see more of Giancarlo Esposito because he loses at the end of season two. Yeah, he's in jail in the New Republic. Uh, according to Boba Fett, that he's in the New Republic prison system. They're interrogating yeah. him for information. So, so I hope we get to see more of him. I also hope that, like, I think this overarching story ties into Snoke and everything like that. They haven't because yeah, they, they haven't mentioned cloning and stuff. And we see like a Snoke clone in like a tube or something they, like that. They needed Grogu's DNA or something yeah, in order so. to, to finalize the process i think this movie's trying to fix the issues with the movies of the sequel trilogy yeah. and i think the bad batch is even starting to go down that route when it comes to cloning and stuff like that so one thing i do want them to step away from is their use of luke because we see a uh, a bit more of luke in boba fett uh which we'll get to in a second here but and that while the cgi is uh improved per- improved highly improved from Mandalorian season two to book of Boba Fett. I just want to step away from it. You know, I I don't want the show to have its viewership based on characters that the show does not revolve around. Yeah. You know, but I I think the Mandalorian was a very excellent show and I'm glad they had the little cameo from Luke at the end because that was freaking incredible. I mean, he goes through the Imperial ship cutting down dark troopers right yeah it really was refreshing for this show to not focus on this light and dark side of the force it was like the real people of the star wars yeah it's the nitty and the gritty and and i hope they stick to that i do and i think they tried to do that in the book of boba fett which i think we got to get we got to talk about the elephant room it's i i like certain aspects of it but i like aspects of it for the wrong reasons because we Literally, the Mandalorian shows up halfway through the season, and, and it's the best part of the season. And it's the best part, like that. It's literally Mandalorian season two point five, and with the cameo of Book of Boba Fett in his own <laughs> yeah, show. So, yeah. So moving on to the Book of oh Boba Fett. Oh my god! It's kind of, it's based around Bo- uh, Boba Fett taking over as the what's called the Dime Yo, basically the crime lord of Tatooine. Yeah. Um, he kills Bib Fortuna, who took kills, Jabba's throne yeah, after he kills Return Bib of the Fortuna, Jedi. who I wish we would have seen some of his like reign. I, I I get that he's a small character, and just to have him sprinkled in is enough. But I actually really like Bib Fortuna. He's one of those weird looking Twi'leks. Yeah. Um, but it's about Boba Fett trying to maintain control, but he's like not a bounty hunter hunter anymore, and I don't really like that. He wants to rule with respect. Yeah, it's kind of bs because the boba that we've known from the original trilogy and that we saw kick some ass in mandalorian season two i mean they almost like do a total 180 well i think i saw i was i read something it's that the reason why boba fett was like this now is because they made the mandalorian and the mandalorian was just what boba fett was in the original trilogy yeah so it's like we can't have two faceless badasses essentially why not like i don't of know course we can i mean everyone likes no offense like i love din Djarin, but like i'm a boba fett guy till i die kind of thing so yeah. like i want him to actually have like his well i mean awesome moments i like boba fett from season two of mando and from the original trilogy yeah, but in awesome. this he's horrible not not horrible. I say horrible. Well, he's kind of well, horrible. He is. We also got to realize that he 
it's just weird because like they nerf him in the show and like yeah. season two he was he, awesome he gets his ass kicked constantly yeah and then it, like it's like oh it's because he was in the sarlacc pit but like this show season two of the mandalorian takes place before this show happens so why is he all of a sudden back to being like this old man who can't do anything he's constantly in need of the the back to tank i mean yeah. he, he refuses to like kill people anymore like right? you literally were a bounty hunter that's Until literally the was last your job two episodes it's crazy I think there's a few good things to come out of the show, though. I think there, well, it's, we get more we get more progress on the Mando and Grogu story. Yeah, we get to course. see Luke again, and we get to see basically a whole episode of yeah, Ahsoka and Luke training Grogu. That's actually big. Seeing Ahsoka on screen with Luke, never thought that would happen. That's insane. Never thought that would happen. Not only that, but live action. That's crazy. That was sick. that was ballsy, and I, I mean, I respect them for. For attempting it, and I respect them for pulling it off because I think it works. Uh, but again, I want them to keep the the Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett to you know who they're supposed to I be. I have a about. feeling that might be the last time we might see Luke in a while. So I hope so. Well, because he gives Grogu the option between becoming a Mandalorian foundling or becoming a Jedi Padawan, and, and it's pretty clear that Grogu chose to be a Mandalorian foundling. Yeah. So Luke just kind of turned him away. And I think that means that Ben Solo is, is Luke's first. Well, they said in the sequel trilogy that Ben was his first student. So technically, yeah. So yeah, there. Well, there you go. That's why. And so that we really should have seen it coming that Grogu would have chosen to be a Mandalorian. Then I really kind of wanted him to be a Jedi, but at the same time, a Mandalorian. I'm like, why can't he just have both? Yeah. You know, I, that was one thing with like Luke. It's like, like, dude, like you're not like every other Jedi. Why can't you let him just have the best of both worlds? You yeah. Know? That's one of the good things to come out of it. Oh, Another is one of the things is Grogu with Order sixty six. Seeing that, oh yeah, dude, Grogu's his chills. memories are yeah. accessed. Seeing that scene, seeing clone troopers in live actions. That's the first time we've seen them since two thousand five. That was awesome. It's probably the only time that the clone troopers were actually real because weren't they all CG? In yeah, me? that was definitely practical. Yeah. So this, this is the first real. time we see actual real clone troopers, which is fantastic, and I'm sure that's what. Uh, that was Dave Filoni's input. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think showing, you know, Nightfall, which is the code name for Order 66. Sure. Uh, it's, it was really sick because, honestly, as a Clone Wars nerd and as a person who loves that time period in the Star Wars history, it was just so cool to finally get some love for the prequels again, you know? Yeah, I think it's really cool. And it really, like, kind of uh, – it accents how much trauma Grogu has experienced and why yeah. maybe he's not, like, totally intact with the Force yeah. because it kind of reminds – him of worse times and that's fair but that's that's another one of the good things yeah. to come out of this uh, this show does deal with a lot of flashbacks though yeah the, oh my god the flashbacks like, the show are before we get this we got to talk about these flashbacks real quick because it's just boba escaping and then the sarlacc pin then he's living with a bunch of tuscan raiders for like five years yeah, getting another like it's flashbacks to show you that boba's going soft that's yeah. what they that's what they seem like to me it was all it really was it was like family's important it's like you had a father who you followed around. Like, okay. Like, you knew about family. This isn't like anything. It's like you were supposed to give up family after your dad got decapitated by Sam Jackson. Yeah. You know what I mean? Your character is a loner. I don't understand why we're, we're revamping Boba Fett as a family man. You know? He's not. He has his misfit of, like, freaking you, young you, teenagers you who drive dirt bikes around or whatever. Yeah, you wouldn't know from this show, though. No. <laughs> right? But one of the best flashbacks, minus the Order 66 one, was uh, in the Mandalorian episode where... Uh, the armorer tells Jinjarin the fall of Mandalore. Mandalore. And then we see the bombers from the Empire yeah, bombing the, the planet. Yeah, the siege of Mandalore in live action. 
very very cool that was really cool and seeing the imperial um the security droids and like the uh all them the probe droids flying that was around. very cool again this show has a lot of good things to come out of it it's just not but boba it's fett. just not, yeah boba fett the titular character is not um another one of the good things that i really like is the rancor that was a fun little addition. i love the rancor uh coming in and danny trejo's uh credit as the rancor trainer or the the rancor master or whatever keeper keeper yeah i guess that's a better word rancor keeper um, other than that, I like the dark saber. I like seeing the dark saber a lot. And also seeing Dinjar not fully mastering it because he has to like be one with the blade and stuff yeah. like that. But Mike, can you guess what my favorite thing to come out of the book of Boba Fett is? <gasps> I know, I know this. Black you know Kersantan. <laughs> <laughs> no, although the 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 Wookie is very the cool. Wookie is very. I cool. really enjoy the Wookie, and he's badass. I'm but gonna have to say it's a little a little friend of ours, a friend of ours from the Clone Wars and from Bad Batch, who makes his live action debut. In what is it, the second to last episode? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Cad Bane. Cad Bane, the the like outlaw, almost like a western. One bounty of the greatest hunter. bounty hunters of the Clone Wars. Yeah, and he makes his appearance in such a cool way in episode seven. And then he, like you said, he gets nerfed in episode eight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they, they did one of the coolest things ever at the end of the seventh episode uh, or sixth episode? Six up, yeah. There's six episodes. Sorry, penultimate episode was number six. They did one of the coolest things where they just kind of have him appear out of the desert as if from nowhere. It's from the desert comes a stranger. That was the title of the episode. episode. Yeah, and he just shows up. I mean, he does his job. He shoots down Cobb Vance. Which was who, I was so I was so pissed when he. Well, you're trying to pick a fight with Cad Bane. Oh, it was his I, freaking I deputy. It wasn't it wasn't Cobb Vance. Oh, I understand that like. He asked what his name was and didn't know who he was, so he didn't know what he was getting himself into. Yeah. But the deputy really didn't know what he was getting himself into. Oh, we should probably make this clear that the reason why Cad Bane shows up is because he's trying to keep the spice uh, trade flowing through Tatooine. And yeah. the Pike Syndicate are like the drug dealers of the Star Wars if franchise. If I'm honest, I, like, I know that some of, some of our listeners may complain that we don't talk about the actual story of this, but to me it's not that important. I was more here to see different characters in action. I wasn't really here for the whole overall conflict you know yeah. it wasn't very interesting to me can, like, I tell you, can i tell you a theory sure just a theory Absolutely. about all the mandalorian book of boba fett and the ahsoka show all these other shows that we're getting right yeah go off i tangent, think then. we're getting some sort of big climactic movie in 2025 right okay. there's an untitled you said this, oh yeah i sent you this. i thought about this today there's an untitled star wars film in 2025 and there's about two or three different tv shows that is not the Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett that are f- spawned off from the Mandalorian. So my theory is, is Grand Admiral Thrawn is going to be this big bad, right? From the movie? From the, mo- from, and for the movie. For the movie. And we're going to get all these people teaming up in that movie to go fight Thrawn and his empire or whatever. Maybe. That'd be cool. That's the, uh, 2022, March 2nd. I'm calling this shit right now. <laughs> March 2nd, 20. Okay. Well, we have it recorded and documented. Yes, it's documented. So we'll know that you were right if you're right. When you're right. I believe you. If I'm wrong, I'll have to buy you a movie ticket to go see the actual movie, whatever the heck it is. The actual movie. And it's like Thrawn running like a a daycare. They're They're doing like a spoof daddy daycare, but with Thrawn. That whole movie, but instead of Eddie Murphy, it's Thrawn. Oh, my God. I'd watch the shit out of that. I love daddy daycare. If it's not Gonka Star Wars story, I'm not going. (laughs) <laughs> it's gonk but at the end it's thrown in the trash can and he's been walking around like a little idiot please uh, 
Yeah, but I think the I think the book of Boba Fett. I don't really. It has its I, moments. I, I don't watch it for the reason they want me to watch it. Yeah, you literally, know what I mean? it really was. Oh, look, Boba Fett showed up in his own show. Dun dun. <laughs> like, yeah, but then then in season or episode five, it's the Mandalorian and Boba Fett doesn't show up, and that episode's phenomenal. And then in episode six, the Mandalorian is there, and Boba Fett doesn't have any lines and He's, is on screen for what sixty seconds, if, if that. that. Yeah. And Phoenix Shan has episode. more lines that episode. Than... Yeah, and it's a good episode because of the way it ended with Cad Bane, and then the last episode is on book uh, or on Boba Fett himself again, and it just it, it kind of falls flat for me. I think it's cool. I think it's cool, but we got to see some new places in Tatooine. That was fun, but I'm kind of tired of Tatooine. We got you know? to see Cobb Vanth survived, although I, you could have predicted that because you honestly, see I Cad Bane. I honestly didn't predict that. Shoot him in the the arm. I did figure that, but honestly, I figured they didn't when they didn't show him until that post credit scene. I was almost like, oh crap, is he like actually dead? I just wish they didn't nerf Cad Bane so hard in the last episode. Well, he, yeah, he died. What's that about? Died? Well, maybe died. I don't know. His heart. His heart rate monitor was still going. Um, in the last the last frame he's he like in. 70 years old though by the time this show happens, we'll see so. maybe maybe he'll show up in uh ahsoka they, i mean they, pa- they cross paths they cross paths plenty, plenty of times in the clone wars so yeah uh, but uh, I, I don't know there's a lot to be desired when you're watching book of boba fett if you're watching it for it's just more of like an overall visual experience i feel yeah. like and I, I, honestly i, I would say I agree you could probably watch episode five to seven and just get the whole gist of the entire season that's probably right that's probably right because the first four episodes are 50 percent flashback like you said like and they're all really I needed slow. to see was him escaping the sarlacc pit yeah, that's fine yeah i just needed to know how he got out and the shots of him in the sarlacc pit and he's kind of like traversing through why was there a stormtrooper the in the sarlacc pit organs i don't know i don't know yeah okay I don't know. Maybe Jabba came across him and just kind of threw him in. Uh-huh. Jabba was kind of a tyrant. Maybe that's an implication of like because we didn't see a lot of Jabba the Hut to like kind of show you that he didn't really give a shit and he'll kind of just throw in anyone in there. Yeah, I guess even he doesn't. Ca- he wasn't scared of the Empire. Maybe I guess. it's an insinuative thing. Uh, but I don't have a lot of good things to say about the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, it's. I have a few good things, like I've said, but yeah, I I think the yeah. show's very underwhelming. You could probably skip around, but it's this kind of gets us into the the downfall of star wars right now because now yeah, we got a currently star wars is in a weird state yeah, i mean it, it with the mandalorian being successful and the upcoming obi-wan kenobi there's a little bit of hope there the bad batch was a nice little piece of uh a bright light especially season seven of the clone wars when that came out that was very much needed to bring the star wars fandom back together and yeah, stuff but what we're about to talk about in the sequel trilogy is why people don't like star wars it, now <laughs> is truly like a hand like i could count on one hand the good things to come out of this, Honestly, this trilogy. I, I could probably yeah I, yeah this is really not that much so disney decided to revamp uh star wars yeah they, in what 2015 they bought it in 2012 so yeah it's so 2015 they scheduled a whole new trilogy yeah, they wanted to do the story after thirty years after Return of the Jedi. And honestly, I think we could cover all three movies, but we will kind of highlight the goods and the bads of each one and the uglies. Oh, sure. <laughs> There's a the lot of uglies. Unnatural. Um, but we we follow a new protagonist, and her yeah. name is Rey, a scavenger, a scavenger on the from planet Jakku, which Jakku. we mentioned on the last episode. If you remember my little Star Wars history lesson. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll. What is what is Force Awakens about? They're just trying to find Luke, what right? What do you mean? It's a new hope. Shut up. 
I actually find more parallels between Last Jedi and Empire than than I do. That's funny because I don't. New Hope. I feel like Force I see Awakens. more parallels with Force Awakens and New Hope. I don't see as much with Last Jedi and Empire. Either way, what's the what's the premise of Force Awakens? I haven't watched it in so, so long. I actually just they're just a, trying to find the the missing section of the map to, to find Luke, Luke Skywalker. Right? Yeah, because Luke is now. Uh, I don't know, effed off somewhere. Yeah, basically his Jedi Order that we mentioned in the last episode kind of failed because of his nephew, Ben Solo, who's going to be Kylo Ren, our main antagonist of Mm -hmm. the film series. um, Rebelled against him. Yeah, and took a bunch of Jedi, fallen Jedi from the Academy to make like this cult called the the Knights Knights of Ren, Ren. which concept, really cool. They're not going to do anything with it. They don't do anything with it. They're not going to. See, this is the one thing about this movie. It sets up this universe good jj abrams does a pretty good job with like setting up this universe I think or setting abrams, up this trilogy i think jj abrams is a fantastic writer and director but i think his work on star wars is not the best think, and it certainly pales in comparison to his work on star trek yeah star trek well star trek he did just make, remake wrath of khan in, into darkness oh oh sure but, but even though I that was still really fun. good i think yeah. he's really good at revamping star trek but then they let him on star wars just i think to have the gimmick of he's doing both well this you know? is the problem i think with this is that disney wanted separate directors and writers for each of the movies they yeah. didn't jj abrams was the first director for force awakens and he laid out the groundwork for the next director to basically look this is where this vision's gonna go you have to get it there. <laughs> and then ryan johnson took that vision like, and threw it in the toilet i'm like you know you don't bring ryan johnson's a closer ryan johnson is an in, he's an indie filmmaker at heart so he has a start and finish to his story yeah you could end this series this trilogy on the second movie there's no need for a third one ryan johnson wraps everything up in a nice pretty little bow but the second movie is such a low point last jedi are you kidding we're gonna head we're gonna head we gotta finish the force awake unless we just want to lump these all three together i'm feeling like we're gonna do that anyway um honestly at this point we're just following we're following ray and her journey to become a jedi one of the new age jedis because apparently jedi are like not not totally eradicated or extinct but i mean You'd really, really, really struggle to find one. Yeah, they're not they're not around much anymore, and it, we it, make it that really clear in Rise just, of Skywalker. They tried to put a modern lens over the original trilogy, overall, because I mean they straight up remade the Empire, the First Order, in the First Order. Which, how like it's literally they build an army, and granted, in the books and the canon, the some of the Empire escaped into the unknown regions where uh-huh. Palpatine had a mysterious fleet already built there. So it's fine. It makes sense there canon-wise why there's an army. Yeah. But it's like 30 years is a pretty quick turnaround for a de facto government slash military to then take over the standing military and government. It's like pretty quick. It's so absurd because this takes place 30 years after Return of the Jedi, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So 25 years after Mando and Book of Boba Fett. But so much has happened that we don't talk about you know we talk about that one event with ben solo rebelling against luke and the fall of the new jedi temple and and the new like jedi academy but that's it (laughs) so the first order basically they don't clone or conscript individuals anymore they steal children at birth like the jedi did and then they brainwash (laughs) them like they brainwash them into becoming just the perfect killing machines which 
it's kind of like Halo, if you think about it, too, actually, with the Spartan oh, program. Oh, like the Spartans? Yeah. yeah. But, like, a little bit. we get to meet one of our main characters of the franchise. The perfect killing machines. You just described Stormtroopers as the perfect Well, First Order machine. Stormtroopers are different than Stormtroopers. Does that make them better? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but Their helmets are cool. They have cooler armor. It's but, true. Um, but we meet one of our main characters, Finn, who becomes a defective... Uh, stormtrooper who's like oh wait what i'm doing is wrong and that was such an interesting that is such a cool yeah it's such a great concept that disney does nothing the whole first movie was like him like look i don't want to fight anymore i don't want to join the rebellion i don't want to join this rebel fat i don't want to fight for the first order i just want to be myself and it's like that's so cool because then he learns it by the end like i have to fight no matter what and then john boyega the poor guy Gets shafted in terms of writing. He just screams Ray the last two movies. <laughs> half of his half of his dialogue is him Ray. screaming at Ray or for Ray, I guess. Uh, but again, the first the first movie is just about finding the missing map. There's another Death Star, and they make yeah, just clear. a bigger Death Star that can kill a bunch of different you know what planets planet? at a time. Yeah, that's actually a very important planet though in the Star Wars franchise. It, it's where they find the Kyber crystals. Yes, right? Ilum. It's where every Jedi Ilum. and the at this time the old Republic, which is the Republic from the that actually. That actually makes sense, though, because it would make sense that that laser is so powerful from a planet that produces kyber. Well, they suck suns. I know, but <laughs> it just if they would have explained it as that the planet's made of kyber, yeah, it, well, I think it would have been better. You could even see that in Fallen Order when you go to Ilum and they have they're mining out, and you could see where the laser is going to go. So, like the video game does a really good job of that stuff. So. I mean, the video game's been really good about connecting the different um, generations of Star Wars. But we also but again, it's just, <laughs> we also get to meet our new uh, Palpatine in this movie. Oh, Snoke. Snoke. He's played by Andy Serkis, who I'm a big fan of, uh, of course, from Lord of the Rings and Planet of the Apes. Uh, he also was on, in King Kong. He's pretty much the mocap, the motion capture god of Hollywood. Yeah. He's just... I mean, he's just the man to go to. And he did a really good job. I think Snoke was really, was, again, another interesting the, character. Okay, well, I'm not going to go that far. I, I think the the performance was good. Well, see, I think it was interesting because originally, before Rise of Skywalker, Snoke was an individual who was Force-sensitive talking to Palpatine. What? Apparently, I... I <laughs> before, You're going to have to run me through this one. So, during... The like kind of the, the Galactic Civil War, so the original trilogy. Sure. Palpatine was getting these messages from the unknown regions of the galaxy. Basically, it was Snoke, who had a large fleet amassed, who was kind of like this even darker Lord of the Sith, who was kind of helping Palpatine learn new ways of the the Sith and stuff like okay. that. And when he died, Snoke saw that opportunity to take over that that's not canon though it's not it was retcon it's retcon <laughs> if anything um <laughs> it, again there's really nothing special about this trilogy no. so we are really about to struggle there's poe dameron to find things to talk about <laughs> yeah I mean, oscar no. isaac that's fun. I, I don't think even poe dameron could save it though the like, best part of the trilogy i'd say is kylo ren adam yeah. driver as as our new sith baddie who's basically just he's the grandson of Darth Vader. He's the grandson of Darth Vader. He's, he's Han, Han Solo and Leia, uh, Princess Leia's kid, so he is Luke's nephew. Which is again, really cool idea, you know? <laughs> yeah, but they they do a lot of they they make a lot of mistakes writing wise, especially in the the final movie, Rise of Skywalker, yeah. which funny enough is my favorite of the three. Really? I know that's that's a straight that's straight up a hot take. Um 
See, I but like Force Awakens a lot. Rise of Skywalker is is my favorite of the three. I just find myself enjoying it uh, the most because of Palpatine's return. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it when we get to it's it. It's just... I think this the movie four, kills the, Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, this uh, Han Solo does die in this movie. But Han Solo doesn't make that much of an impact through the whole movie for me anyway. You know? I mean, everyone who's old, like Leia comes back, 3 people comes back. Um, Luke, you got to see for like two seconds at the end of this movie. This movie was meant to bring a new story to Star Wars. Yeah. And I think it it could have been great. And then I was watching, and I said it could be, it could still be good. Yeah. Like, and then by the end of the movie, I was like, this movie sucks. But what the thing is, if you're gonna make a new story, don't have so much fan service, refer, like based around nostalgia. They don't, did. Yeah. Don't all smother us with Han Solo and Princess Leia and Luke <clears throat> when we're trying to focus on this new character. Yeah. Granted, the new character sucks. <laughs> Literally, the only good ones were really Poe and Finn, and yeah. you can't change my mind about that. Ray is a Mar- Ray's a Mary Sue. Ray becomes a Mary Sue because the original promotion for this movie had John Boyega, Finn, being the force sensitive individual, and that would have been even cooler because he if would have been an ex stormtrooper who turns out to be force sensitive. Although I will say, with the release of Solo coming after what uh, Last Jedi, yeah, uh, between Last Jedi and Rise, Rise of Skywalker. We discover that Han Solo was actually the first on-screen character to be a defected storm. Yeah, we did t- which mention is cool. that last episode. So. Which is cool, but this was the first time that we'd seen it, like, release-wise. Yeah. This was the first character we'd seen on screen that was a defected stormtrooper. And it is a really freaking he was the, good idea. He was the first person shown in the, in the, trailer, the original trailer. It's the desert and he just pops up, right? Yeah. It's a little jump scare. A little, jo- little Johnny jump scare. Like, like literally, his character could have been so cool. And then they were like, no, surprise, Ray's going to be the Force-sensitive one. It's like, okay, but you better explain that in the next movie, which leads us to The Last Jedi. Yeah. The Last Jedi is... Is a mixed can of worms. I'm pretty sure everybody's least favorite Star Wars project. I argue no for me. Really? I'll say I, I'm pretty... Yeah, I'll right. say it's mine. Well, I will say... Spoiler alert for my tier for my my for ranking my, yeah, list. Spoiler alert. Last place is Last Jedi. Last place is Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker as a connective piece to the all the other stuff of Star Wars. It's bad. If Rise of Skywalker was just titled Star Wars, an anthology film, Rise of Skywalker, own thing, not connected, it would be a blast. And I can sit there and enjoy that movie. You hate that it's just. Like I just one hate of the main that films. it's one of the main films. <laughs> And I hate the final scene. No, no, of that no, no. Movie. Wait, 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 wait. We still need to talk about Last Jedi. I know, first. but at this point, this it, my blood's boiling. With I this know, one. but we'll get to it. Let your blood boil a little bit, but bring it down to a well, simmer. We'll, we'll go back to 2017 real quick. Bring it down to a simmer for Last Jedi. Last Jedi uh, follows. Well, at the end of Rise or not Rise, we take uh, Force it picks Awakens. up right off, right up, right after Force yeah, Awakens. At the end of Force Awakens, we find Luke. Ray finds Luke and offers him his lightsaber, the Graflex for for hardcore fans. Uh, the name of the hilt for his lightsaber is called the Graflex. Uh, she hands him the lightsaber in hopes that he'll take it and train her and come back and save everyone from the First Order. Which I guess we should also mention, this is the lightsaber that he lost when he was fighting Darth Vader in Empire. Yeah, so how the hell did they get We never back? find that out because they, Maz Kanata said that's a story for another time in The Force Awakens and we never got yeah, the whatever. story. Um, no, I'm not even going to talk about There's Maz plot Kanata. holes. There's plot holes, sorry. Um, but we pick up with Rey hoping that... Luke will come back and 
stand up to the first order, save the the resistance as it is now instead of the rebellion. Uh, and uh, Luke does not; he's not having it. He doesn't want to go back. He's kind of lost hope. Which he, is he throws the lightsaber. He, he throws. Well, it's not the Luke that we know, man. It's not Luke Skywalker would never. If would we never... had the Luke, if we had the Luke that we knew from the original trilogy, he would have been there from the start of the first movie fighting with the resistance yeah but instead he gave up he became a hermit on this island and two what octu is the is that what it's called that's the planet name yeah i had had no clue it's it's uh very it's like one of the first jedi temples ever that's where he's at either way he is such a disappointment in this movie uh, everyone like this is the problem because everyone's pretty toxic with this movie because some people really love it or people really hate it and it's it's because a lot of the the Luke conversation always comes up where it's like you just don't like it because it subverted your expectations it's like no this isn't what Luke Skywalker would do we yeah. we've seen three other movies with how he basically everyone told him your father's not gonna turn to the light side he's like no I believe that he has good in him he basically says all right kylo sorry you have some dark thoughts i'm the fucking kill you <laughs> yeah well they, well uh. that story played throughout the movie is given a few different renditions everyone you know? has their own version of it so we don't even know who really what's the, the true version i think what happened is that luke saw that ben was going down a dark path and had the urge to kill him, igniting his lightsaber over him while he slept. But then had a second thought, like, what the hell am I doing? Like, I, I can't, you know, I, I can't do this to not only my student, but my nephew. Unfortunately, he still had the lightsaber ignited when Ben Solo wakes up and sees him. Ben Solo, in just a snap urge to defend himself, I think, grabbed his lightsaber and, pull, like, toppled the building, whatever destroyed the temple i think it was both of their doings i think that luke skywalker had an urge that he almost acted upon but last minute kind of saw it was wrong and i think that like in that little that little overlap uh ben solo saw what he was about to do thought he was still gonna do it and then defended himself. Yeah. So both of them saw each other as the bad guy. But even even so, Luke, after that, would still try to make amends with him and still try to track him down to explain everything. No, I, ag- I agree that Luke is, I know, again, I'm not, I'm not, a huge I'm just, disappointment. <laughs> it's just, that's like one thing that everyone talks about. Like, oh, I like Luke in this. It's like, you know. No, you don't. You know, you don't. You're just either trying to make up for it or you just <laughs> really are just. You don't like Luke because that's not Luke. Yeah, that is, and even Mark Hamill said it himself when they were doing Last Jedi. He's like, "This, this isn't my character." He's, yeah, the, Disney had to make him shut up about saying that the hell that wasn't his character. Well, because I, I think Mark Hamill was just like, because eh. even on press runs, I think he was saying stuff like, to to bounce or to jump around the 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 hat, just like like trying to avoid talking about luke yeah, in he, movie he would talk he was more like, about the movie in general it was like i think it'll be disappointing yeah. you know a um, lot of the ca- actors from this from the sequel trilogy are, are very uh they speak out about their time at john boyega especially who he you know has every right to because he did get robbed yeah so i i agree yeah i agree that john boyega should hate star wars right now um i think he should come back and i think they should give him his own thing the problem is it'll maybe, be after, maybe like a little it will like be after the sequel trilogy though it would be after the sequel trilogy oh sure uh, yeah i'm fine with that okay he'll, 
I'm all right with that. I just I'd like to see him more because I like him as an actor, but his character sucked. Yeah. Uh, they, but uh, as I said while we were talking about Force Awakens, this movie parallels Empire Strikes Back too much for me. You see, Straight up, Ock Two is Dagobah. Well, yeah, but that's just because it's a force sensitive planet. It, fine, I'll gi- I'll give you that even. But we have the same like we have the same deal with the cave from Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, and then Ray goes into this underground subterranean. Right? Like, cave. I guess that's the same it's thing. It's a cave. It's another cave with a bunch of vines coming out of it, and she has another realization that it's like. The darkness, where is the darkness? I need to, you know, I need to defend myself from it. And then she discovers that it's been inside of her, Mm -hmm. you know, as she discovers that it's her, which is the same thing we see from Luke. She wants to find her parents, too. That's another big thing. That's been like the mystery. Like, oh, who are her parents and everything like that? Yeah, we figure out that her parents are nobody at the end of this. And then that's retconned. Yeah. (laughs) There's also a weird connection between Kylo and her throughout the entire movie. Like, they, they start force projecting each other and just having like skype conversations yeah it's four skype calls and we discover that you can transport or is it a booty call oh booty calls uh no almost at the end of the third movie yeah (laughs) um we discover that you can transport physical objects you can do a lot of shit through the force there's so much stuff which is just a deus ex machina which is fine the the next movie has a big deus ex machina that will with the same factor no, with the force healing, but again, oh, Grogu, yeah. Grogu introduced that first, so it's fine. But like, but this movie is all about like Luke agrees to train Rey, right? But he's like, he's very, uh, he's very cautious about it, though. Yeah, he's he's like he's almost a grumpy old shit fart. You know what I mean? Oh, we have to mention that this whole movie is a freaking slow crawl through space with the first order chasing the resistance. That's not even important. I I'm totally it's gonna just literally. It. So boring. The it's a, it's the one of the longest Star Wars films, and they're chasing each other through space. Granted, they did. You can make a comparison. They did that in Empire, but at least in right. Empire, it was it was interesting. It was paced well. Yeah, you could like they they switch back and forth plenty, and you could Lara, actually watch oh. stuff that was interesting between Dagobah and uh and the the rebellion. Laura Dern shows up as Admiral Haldo, right? Yeah, this one-off character we've never heard of, but and, we're supposed to like take at their word that she's this badass authority yeah she apparently was a big part in the original trilogy somewhere they made that clear i disagree i don't, I don't, I don't I never remember she was ever there. i would remember seeing someone with purple hair but i don't you know, remember laura Dern basically she wouldn't trilogy. tell poe dameron what their plan is to escape the first order because yeah. it was found out in this movie that they can now track ships through hyperzeus which again cool cool idea first time it's been ever done in the star wars universe and sure like i'm, I'm fine with that you know tracking ships through hyperspace that's yeah. uh, that's realistic enough for that but then they're like, he's like, yo, Laura Dern, what are we doing? And she's like, I'm not telling you. And he's like, we're all going to die. You got to tell me so I can tell everyone else what we're doing. And she's like, no. And then Poe's like, all right, well, I'm going to have a mutiny. Yeah. It's like, it's totally counterproductive when she could have said, we're going to an old rebel base on the planet crate. We're going to hold out there and hope that we can get some reinforcements. That's all she had just to say. Just let one of our main characters and your best pilot in on the plan. Yeah. He can help, I promise. There are a lot of bad things about this movie, and I'm only going to mention two by name. The Master Codebreaker and Canto Bite. Right, now, you have to your name Rose. 
Rose Tico. Yeah, yeah, I guess Rose Tico is another one. So three. So those are things I'm literally not going to talk about. I'm just going to say their names, and if someone wants to learn about them, go look them up. They're but keep boring. in mind, it's a waste horrible. Of they don't add anything to the plot whatsoever. Yeah, this is by far. I mean, and I mean, Leia flying through space. Oh, first of all, first of all, first of all. <laughs> oh no! What have I done? <laughs> what have you done? Emerald Akbar. Just got a. He died in that scene, and they off screen, off screen, and, and then they just said, "Oh yeah, Emerald Akbar died." It's like, no, you don't just. I know take, he's such an important, you don't and loved take character. The leader of the rebellion navy, and just say, "Yeah, he died off screen." No, and that no, but then see, we're we're supposed to believe that Leia's dead in this scene, which would have made sense. And then she doesn't die. No, she floats through through space like some kind of superhero. You know. And it's what is this movie? No, it's super wacky, right? Because she's floating there, lifeless, and then her fingers move, and then she just she opens her eyes and starts flying like I will Wonder say, Woman. I will say one thing: that shot's beautiful. The movie is visually, very, visually, visually, all these movies are stunning. Yeah, Last Jedi especially, I argue, is probably the best one. Not so much horrible. Yeah, and horrible. Well, also another thing is too: they open the door to grab her from space. When why that didn't whole... they get sucked out? Yeah, why the didn't vacuum? they get sucked out? <laughs> no, and I understand that like Leia's force sensitive, and that's canon. I understand that. And they show in the... why introduce it like this? Yeah, because don't they? Is that they do it in the Rise of Skywalker where they show them training? They should have had yeah. that in the Last Jedi. Yeah, but why once, not just do this once again? Ryan Johnson coming in to finish the whole trilogy on the second movie. Yeah. Again, and nothing against Ryan Johnson. I love like his movies, and like Looper he, and Knives Out. But like this one, you just don't bring him in for a, a did he middle do Looper. Movie. Yeah, he did. That was his first big break. I had no idea. Yeah, very cool. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Mm-hmm. Um, he ends on another ho- uh, another Empire Strikes Back parallel, right? On the 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 one salt planet. Yeah, crate. So it's basically hot. Crate. It's basically Hoth, but Again, in order cool to planet. in order to make you think it's not Hoth, they mention like nine times that it's salt and not snow, and that bothers me. They could have mentioned it once or twice, and I'd be like, okay, it's salt, so it's not Hoth. But then they kept doing it. Garrett like, Edwards. Okay, actually, that was a, the, who said that was Rogue One. Rogue One, the director of Rogue One, he yeah. made a cameo. But like, I like, I get it. <laughs> it's salt and not snow. Well, I understand. But then they have. The same scene from they have you Empire. know they have walkers which are called MTA sixes by the way they're not they ATATs cool. they're gorilla walkers is what they're called because they got like the they got cur- the fist they got the instead fist. of the elephant feet but literally you could look at the parallels they have trenches the rebellion has trenches the resistance has trenches in this yeah. the empire the first order have massive walkers that are charging straight towards the rebellion has snow speeders the other the resistance have like some modified speeders or something like that so i don't it's it's a whole it's a fuster cluck you know what i mean and literally like luke shows up as like the final battle as like the resistance is trying to escape the base because you know the first order rocks their shit and it's weird but it's kind of cool where how he like kind of stands up to all three of the things and then they attack him they fire on all cylinders at luke skywalker and then he walks out of the blast unharmed and that's explained why later. Yeah. But it would have been so much cooler if it was actually him. We learn later that Luke is force projecting himself for all, from all the way back on Ock 2. Yeah. He never left this freaking place. Which, honestly, going back now, you could actually see when he's walking on the salt, there's no footprints. There's no footprints. So it's like, yeah. Fair. Fair. Cool. But I'm, um, I'm, I think they could have done it a lot better. Yeah. I think if it was actually Luke and they fired on him and it didn't do 
Imagine shit. holding the blaster bolts back too. Right. If it didn't do shit and that was actually Luke, that would give him the reputation of a yeah. feared, powerful Jedi master. But, but instead they don't do that. Not only that, they ruin that moment of him with Leia. You know, that's the first time we saw them on screen together since 1983. Yeah. And the fact that it was just a hologram or like a projection of himself and not the real... Now. It doesn't mean anything. But, because yeah. he, the whole the whole final scene there is just... Because he gives them the Bad. lucky dice that were on the Falcon. And then they disappear they too. They disappear though. too. Yeah, so she doesn't even get the dice. No. Although, unless they're still on the Falcon. Because the, the Falcon's Falcon. still surviving. Yeah. There. Um, I, I don't know. What else is there to say about the throne room scene? Oh, yeah. The Snoke dies. Snoke. Yeah. All you can say about that is Snoke dies. The Imperial Guard has now been turned into the Praetorian Guard. And they suck. Yeah, they, they, oh my god! And basically, Kylo Ren's now the new supreme leader. And well, Kylo, and it seems like he's going to turn to the light side and join Rey at first it really because did. he kills Snoke. But then he's like, "No, you should join me on the dark side, and we should rule." And it's like, why? <laughs> and it would make more sense if he was good for the third movie, Rise of Skywalker, because it would have been a Rise of Skywalker because he is technically speaking a Skywalker. Why couldn't Rey just become the bad guy? I think that would have been better because as we're honestly. gonna find out in the next movie it would make a lot more sense anyways before we move on to the rise of skywalker i will say my favorite part of the last jedi you got i'm sure we're probably in the same boat with this it's the yoda scene yeah the Yo- they they have little puppet yoda not cg yoda talk to luke from as a force ghost the sacred text and it, but it's fantastic i like it i honestly like that, that felt scene. like star wars because yoda is once again, he's the, the Yoda from the original trilogy, but we, he's like philosophical. He doesn't need to use anything, but he also shows that he's very powerful in calling down lightning to strike a tree from beyond the grave. And he gives some last-minute advice to, uh, to Luke, saying that everything in that tree, Rey already has. Both meaning she knows what she's doing and... She actually had the books. She did, she did take the books when she left. Um, and she says, we lost Ben Solo. We cannot lose Ray, and I actually kind of like that because even dead and as a Force ghost, he still has really strong yeah. pull on on you know the Jedi, the Jedi Order. Yeah, what whatever the Jedi Order could be now, but that's the only thing that I like from this movie. This movie sucks. <laughs> I think we should move on to Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, that's not going to get any better if you're no, out. it's <laughs> not. Although I, again, I'll say I enjoy this one a lot more than I do the other I, two. I, as a standalone movie, I enjoyed a lot as connective. To the rest of Star Wars, not so much. But I will say that this movie is a fun time when you're not it's thinking enjoyable. about it. Yeah, if you want to veg out and just like look at the screen and not totally comprehend it, it's, it's a, a good time. It's a big eye candy movie. There's just so many pretty colors. I enjoy all. it because <laughs> it has my favorite character in it, Palpatine. He's back. Yeah. The, the <laughs> this movie is one gigantic retcon from the other two. They basically took this. They said "f you" to Ryan Johnson. And who was the original uh, director for this movie? Colin Trevorrow. Colin Trevorrow? And then J.J. Abrams came in and finished it. Yeah, because Colin Trevorrow had like a one flop at the box office, and they were like, eh. What was it? It was some like indie film, which is, I don't know why they even judged it, but whatever. Either way, Rise of Skywalker is less than desirable of a film. I enjoy it, but I it's think not good. It ruins it ruins the Skywalker story. It ruins the first six movies. It does because it make because first of all, let's talk about Ray because the fir- the first the f- uh, the Force Awakens kind of introduces Ray as a Force sensitive 
like rando. Yeah, which would have been fine. A random person, but then this movie says screw all that and makes her Palpatine's granddaughter. So, but wait, not really. It's just a. It, well, we should also technically say technically daughter. Technically daughter because his her father was a clone of Palpatine. Didn't look like Palpatine. Which retcons from the previous movie where they said her parents were nobodies. Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense. Fine. But I actually kind of, I understand lore-wise, like story-wise, that because she's Palpatine's granddaughter, that might be why she's so strong in the Force. Well, she has a scene where you think Chewbacca dies. This is another thing with this movie, because like this whole scene with Chewbacca. There's like four fake-out deaths. There's four fake-out deaths, (laughs) but it also means like there's no consequences in this movie. Yeah. Basically, every, yeah, well, I feel like every Star Wars movie has some sort of stake or some sort of consequence. The one know? actual death from this movie is just the, the only character I care about in Kylo Ren. Yeah. I guess Princess Leia dies in this movie, too. But it, it didn't it didn't hit me as much. Like, I thought it would Well, because they, they, they couldn't... I understand that because they couldn't show it as much because they didn't have well, no, I mean, anymore. Well, no, I mean, I know that, but, like, they could have... That's just how they did it. It just would have been, like... It was subtle. I feel like it should have been a little bit more... Yeah, I, brand. I, I don't know. It just ultimately, I, I I just I think the movie is, as you said, poor with its concept of consequence. Um, we did get one good thing out of this movie. Yeah, Babu Frick. Babu Frick. Hey! Hey! The droid is ready. Honestly, when he survived, that was like the happiest moment. And of you that. can play as him in the new Lego game. I'm so pumped. When it comes out in April 5th. April, April 5th. I'm very excited. I pre-ordered. Um, this movie, this movie is, be, is a try- retcon on retcon on retcon. It also tries to be Avengers Endgame, but that's a whole other story right there. Oh, because of the big army? Lando the getting like the entire Coming army. Coming to save the day on your left? On your left thing? Yeah. Uh, the The... The cliff notes of this movie is that you should know that Palpatine's back. That's literally basically how they say it. You know where we found that out at, though? Where? In a Fortnite special event. <laughs> you had to hear his message that they mentioned in like the start of the movie. Fantastic. In Fortnite. I don't care. That's fantastic. That's just... I mean, that's a cherry on top. It's just, so suiting. It just shows how bad this, this whole trilogy is it's very fitting though i really appreciate that that dark fortnite gave us palpatine back uh that's the secret only the sith knew how to build in fortnite fortnite (laughs) uh dark science and secrets only the sith knew fortnite Uh, but this this movie i'll say palpatine again is my favorite and i almost like i don't care that it's like he was brought back so poorly I just care that he's back on screen. I mean, it's like and he looks really cool. It's as a cool zombie guy. It's technically not. It's a legends thing what they kind of did there. So it's not like out of the realm of like, oh, he's back. But like, it's just how they managed to bring him back. It's just poor, and also because Ray killing him basically the Palpatines win. Yeah, but it's another retcon, dude. They retcon. from what like you said about Snoke being another character distantly. Yeah, they make it in this movie so that Palpatine created snow yeah he's he's just a clone he's a puppet basically in this big pawn of this house of cards it's it's fine what's important is in this movie we see kylo ren um turn back to ben solo i think that's the most important part of this movie uh and i actually have a way to fix this movie's ending uh but we'll talk about it when we talk about the actual movie's ending (laughs) where (laughs) Kylo Ren comes back, and then they she he comes to 
Ray's rescue, mm-hmm. or not rescue, but he comes to help her Basically. on Exegol, um, where, cool where Palpatine has been. It is really cool, and I wish they would have touched on it more. Um, but wait, we also have to mention that Palpatine has amassed a freaking a fleet, a fleet of star destroyers of star that destroy planets that have lasers, Death Star lasers on them. And literally, this is 30 when years. When did he do it? This is 30 years. And this is just a rough estimate of me guessing. I, if I remember correctly, to man an Imperial Star Destroyer, it's like a skeleton crew, not like a full crew. Right. 3,000 guys. So you're Where telling are me these people? the amount of ships. We saw hundreds, maybe even thousands of ships. Yeah. 3,000 people per ship. It Where does he? You, how could you get build that in such... No, it doesn't make any sense. Oh. It, it's okay. It's okay. We don't have to think about it too much because it's it's gone. It's happened, it's, and it's, now it has passed. Okay. All right? We just have to talk about it like for another big, 10 minutes or so. It's a big therapy session. We're just really going through Maybe. the pain. We're really jumping around to stuff we like and don't like. We're not even explaining these movies at all. There's nothing to but that's explain. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're very, very skippable. Um, but Kylo Ren, or Ben Solo... Comes to help uh, Ray on Exegol to defeat Palpatine. This is where that Deus Ex Machina in transporting in the Force comes. comes oh back, yeah, I forgot about where that. Where she gives Kylo Ren a lightsaber so he can defend himself. A lightsaber. Leia's lightsaber of all he things. Can, she, he can spawn lightsabers now. <laughs> he shoots them out of his wrists like. Uh, like Spider-Man. He gets the lightsaber. He's all like this. He's like, honestly, his his reaction was my reaction. It's like, okay, I guess. Yeah, whatever. Right? But it really, it, I mean, the, the it's just, I, I, I don't know what to say about it. It's it's so bafflingly poorly written. You know, uh, we end the movie, obviously the good guys win. And I will say the one cool part about this movie lose. is when Ray looks like she's about to die, all hopes lost for the resistance is... All, oh, the Je- the all the former Jedi reach out to her. And you hear, like, not even just, like, Obi-Wan and, like, Yoda and yeah. Luke. You hear, like, Qui-Gon Jinn. You hear Arigalia, Ahsoka. You know, uh, Luminara. Luminara. Shock T's in there, Samuel L. Jackson. Mace and they Windu's got all the actors to play them. What pisses me off is that all the actors who do play them were on set and in costume. Which makes me think there's a scene out there that was filmed where they came to her as Force ghosts, and they awesome. left it out of the movie. <laughs> Someone did a fan of it. I don't. You probably have seen. I've it. seen it. It's yeah. it's like it's, it's cool. It would have been sick. It's very cool. It would have been sick. Um, but obviously she stays good. She refuses her grandfather's plea that she's going to join the dark side and become the Sith, and the Sith will rise again. And uh, she she. She's like, nah, I'm still good. She defeats them. What I think should have happened is that because Kylo Ren goes back to being good, I think Rey should have succumbed and gone to the dark side. Because they teased it earlier in that movie where she has a dual double-bladed lightsaber and she's like becomes a Sith. Right. But then leave it at that. I don't even want a battle between uh, Ben Solo and... Darth Ray, <laughs> okay? I don't even want a battle. Leave it open for interpretation, but don't come back to that story. What it would make sense with is how the movie's titled, because she is not a Skywalker, despite what she claims at the end She's of the a movie. Palpatine. But Ben Solo is. So if he would have gone good and Ray would have gone bad, that is the rise of Skywalker, because Skywalker, the Skywalker blood comes back to the light side of the Force. Yeah. It pisses me off that they don't know Star Wars. The people in charge of Star Wars don't know Star Wars. Again, But like I said moments ago, 
Ray claims at the end of this movie that she's a Skywalker because throughout the movie it's a theme that her name is just Ray and she has no last name, right? A real Han Solo situation, right? Her name just Han. I don't have people. Um, but at the end of the movie, when she's burying Luke and Leia's lightsabers on the sands of Tatooine, you mean Tatooine, Anakin's lightsaber in the sands of Tatooine? The man but, who hates sand. But the other one actually is Leia. Leia's lightsaber. It's fine, but still. So, why? Anakin and Leia's lightsabers. Sure. Well, no, Disney calls it Ray's lightsaber, so sorry. Mm-hmm. No. Well, Ray apparently has a yellow saber now. Made out of her staff. She doesn't deserve that shit. She's yellow a- sabers were badass, and she has done nothing. Yeah, because she's a gray Jedi, so she practiced both <laughs> sides of the Force. Uh, but shouldn't that be purple, then? No. Samuel L. Jackson doesn't want a purple lightsaber because he's Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, but then they gave it lore so that you can... It's almost Now like the yellow one's... Yellow is a gray Jedi. Huh. Okay. Either way, she yeah. buries it. Does she bury it on the moisture farm? She buries it at... Yes, at the moisture farm. First of all, how does she know that's there? Yeah, it's not what like the it's, hell? It's not like it's like a big history lesson. Like, oh, this is a Luke Skywalker story. And the place is abandoned, so it's not like no one lives there. It's not like it's like on the map on anymore. Yeah, and then, I mean, this old woman passing by asked her who she is. And Why she is she out she, there? <laughs> she says she's Rey. Uh, she's going for a walk. Uh, she says that she's Rey and then sees Force Ghost Luke and Leia staring at her with menacingly. No, uh, and she claims her name is Rey Skywalker. Which pissed off the fan base something fierce. Because, because Palpatine won. He yeah. killed the Skywalker. No, pa- yeah, her name is Ray Palpatine, first of all. It's not that she doesn't have a last name. It's her last name is Palpatine. It's like now we're just defacing the Skywalker name. Like, like it doesn't make any sense. It, like you said, they don't know Star Wars. Why would they make the bad guy's granddaughter win? The only cool bits for this movie, I think, are Palpatine and returning to the remnants of the Death Star. Well, also, I, they also another thing is Luke was actually cool in this because he actually was like the Luke Skywalker that oh, we Force Ghost because they retcon him again. I also think I could have fixed that. You, we've talked about fixing have this I told you how, about how I would fix this? No, not I this think one. that when she tries to throw the lightsaber into the burning Tie Fighter or yeah, Tie, tie fighter, fighter, right? Um, the the hand comes out and catches it. She comes out and she's or. or the ghost comes out, and she says, Master Skywalker, and it was Hayden Christensen. Give me a break. That would have been so freaking cool. Would have had the movie higher on my list if that First happened. Of, also, it would have made a little bit more sense to me, at least, in leading to Ben Solo's return from being Kylo Ren. He switches back when when Leia dies and he feels it. I understand that. He, he has a connection with his mother. Fine. But... If we had Force Ghost Anakin go to Ben Solo and say, listen, I know you idolize me as Darth Vader, but I wouldn't want this now. And that changes Ben Solo back? Would have been awesome. That also would have made sense with the rise of Skywalker. Yeah, it really didn't make sense why Han Solo showed up. as Not even a Force Ghost, just as like a memory. A memory. Whatever. It's whatever. I enjoy this movie a lot more than Force Awakens or Last Jedi. I'll say it. I will. I have a lot of complaints. But I enjoyed it a lot they more ride, than the other two. They ride horses onto an Imperial Star Destroyer. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about that. So it, it that also makes Finn's story as a... Um, he has three different love interests in the entire film <laughs> trilogy. As a uh, defected stormtrooper, that also makes him obsolete. Because now we we meet a whole fleet of stor- 
stormtroopers that were Sith defected. troopers. They're not. There's. There's. Oh, no. 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 Sorry, I mean the defe- defected uh, stormtroopers. Sorry, the, the new, they were like they replaced. We them. all put down our weapons. It was just a feeling. Then, Whatever. Then they got cooler Sith troopers in the red, which were pretty sick. Those like, are cool. That was. Pretty I do cool. like them a I lot. Um, they ride horses on an Imperial Star Destroyer. That's the, the only heck? thing that comes out of them, though. The horses on the Star. Oh, it's supposed uh, to be teased that the the main girl, the Stormtrooper group, is like Lando's daughter. Or I hate something that. Like I don't that. like that theory. We're gonna see it though. In yeah, the Lando, Lando series. In Lando series. Um, final thoughts on this movie, Mike. Do you like it? It's fun. It's just not good as an <laughs> overall connective tissue to the Star Wars franchise. Uh, oh, okay. It I tried to be. Like, it tried answer. to. It tried to be like Avengers Endgame, and it just didn't work. They tried to do. They a... thought they could top Avengers Endgame. No, even though Endgame did Endgame come out later, six months before that. <laughs> wow, that's a hard step down for Disney. Yeah. Um, I will say, this movie, I don't like, but I like more, as I'll say time and time again, than Force Awakens, and Last Jedi. Uh, these are skippable. Movies. They're movies. If I showed someone who's never seen Star Wars, which I'm doing actually right now, currently, uh, I'm not showing them the last three. It just, it's fine. What sucks is that they're canon, and you almost have to. Well, maybe they won't be canon sooner or later. Maybe the Mandalorian will finally (laughs) dethrone that. I don't know. It's just like if you honestly, I just kind of hope that like maybe they try to retcon some of the stuff in these upcoming TV shows, but really just we'll see. Dude. But Star Wars overall is better as a TV show in the Disney era. That that's in the fact. Disney era, that's absolutely. That that's yeah, that's one hundred percent true. The only good Star Wars movies to come movies to come out of Disney are Rogue One, definitely, and Solo, kind of. Solo is very enjoyable, and it actually has some good aspects. Solo just gets caught up in that whole Last Jedi backlash, though. So. Right, because it came out right after six, like five months, not even six well, months, five months right after. Between, between. um, these movies suck. Yeah, These movies pretty, are truly horrible. They're and, bad. I mean, that's all we really have to say about them. If you want to go on YouTube comments for, for movie reviews or something, everyone will agree with us. These movies are are, are uh, just not a good installment of Star Wars. And hopefully in 2023, I think Kathleen Kennedy is stepping down. Yeah, she renewed her contract like last year, so yeah. <laughs> of course she did. But, you know, honestly, leave a comment below in this episode. Oh, like, yeah, there's a comment section on Spotify. What, what was like your, what was your either your favorite or least favorite part of the sequel trilogy? I want to know both. I want to know you your know favorite both? part of for Ray's trilogy and your least favorite part. Because I could name them. <laughs> well, I think we can, that's a whole episode right there. I that have we can named do. them, in fact. My least favorite, both, my least favorite and favorite both come out of Last Jedi, my least favorite with Leia flying through space, and my favorite with Yoda. Either way, we're going to move on because I don't want to think about these movies any longer. I already just got tired, and there's a lot of pain. The only (laughs) thing we're going to do is mention them by name in our rankings. We have rankings here of all the Star Wars properties that we have talked about over the past three episodes. 16 total projects, 11 movies, and 5 TV shows. So we're going to... We're gonna run down them and, and see where we have them on our, our our hierarchy of Star Wars. I'll let you go first, Noah. I'll You're let gonna you, let me go I'll first. I'll let you go first. How kind of you! In last place comes the Last Jedi. Uh, I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. Uh, second to last place, Force Awakens. Again, I hate those two movies. Third to last place, Phantom Menace. Really? I don't 
like this movie, particularly because of Anakin. The only thing that saves this movie is Qui-Gon and Darth Maul, in my personal opinion. Okay. But a lot of too much of the movie takes place around Anakin, and I don't think it should have. Um, after that, I have Attack of the Clones, because the dialogue really takes you out of it. Okay. Not okay. even that it's bad. I don't think the movie's bad. I just think the dialogue takes me out of it too much, you know? It doesn't let me enjoy the good aspects of the movie. After that is Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> While it's my favorite of the sequel trilogy, it is still very low on my list. After that is Star Wars Rebels, mostly because I haven't seen it, but what, from what I have seen, it's fairly decent. Um, I still have yet to see more Vader content from there, uh, but we'll, we'll, you know, uh, I may talk about that later. After that is Solo, a Star Wars story. I enjoy Han Solo's story, although there are aspects of that movie that I would change. After that is The Bad Batch. I believe that is number, uh, what, nine, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, number nine is The Bad Batch. The only reason it's so low is because there's not a lot of content on it right now. With a season two and inevitably a season three, I'm sure it may raise. Because uh, the animated stuff to come out of Dave Filoni and John Favreau is normally pretty good. Number eight is The Book of Boba Fett. Underwhelming, but with very strong good aspects. Ooh, very interesting. Well, the bad aspects outweigh the good, but the good are so strong that they bring it back a little bit. Um, number seven is Star Wars The Clone Wars, the TV series. with wow. the re- with, season, with season seven's release just a couple years ago, um... I think they really brought it back in a big way, and I think that it's going to be seen as a timeless show. I think yeah, 15 years from now, people are still going to be watching it. Um, after that is number six, The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian is exceptional. Uh, it true, We're getting into like the really good Star Wars content here. Uh, so I'm excited to see what they do with the Mandalorian, and I like that it's not all about the Force. I understand why they have to bring some of it in just to keep some audiences uh, intrigued, but I really like it. Number five, people may may not like where I put this one, A New Hope. So I guess it is in my top five, technically. Earlier before the episode, we were talking about how New Hope may not be even in our top fives, but I guess it is. Number five is A New Hope. Um, people argue that this is the best Star Wars film. And like I understand the perspective. I think it's very good. But I just think it's a bit slow for me personally. Number four is Return of the Jedi. People like to shit on Return of the Jedi a lot. And I don't understand why it brings the whole story full circle. especially it's the with, Ewoks. It's totally the Ewoks. It's the Ewoks and, and, and the Forest Moon of Endor. It's my dad's favorite movie, but he says he does not like the Ewoks. So, yeah. Wow. All right. Well, you know what? Fair. To each his own. Uh, but I think the throne room saves that movie for me. The throne room scene is between Vader, Palpatine, and Luke. And Luke. And the, yeah. the Imperial Guards in the background who do nothing. Leave us. <laughs> Leave us. They're on a uh, coffee break. I think that scene's fantastic. Number three, I have Rogue One. I mean, for reasons that you know, but if not obvious to the audience. We talked about it last episode. Uh, it's a war movie. you yes, know, it And is. it's not based around what star wars is normally based around and it's the inner workings it's nitty and gritty and it's it's kind of dark at times you're looking also, up on my poster again while I you're am, looking yeah. at it <laughs> and it's all it's it's giving me inspiration and it's also got the badass vader scene it does you know and that saves that that saves the movie that didn't need to be saved you know what i mean yeah 
number two is Revenge of the Sith. This movie is a good movie. I don't care who says it's not. It is. It, it, it completely redeems the first two prequel movies being bad. And not even that they're necessarily bad. They're, they're number what they're number 14 and 13 on my list but this movie definitely redeems what those two movies kind of left to be desired this movie brings it back and number one i think we'll have the same answer this is pretty unanimous universal this is pretty pretty uniform over the star wars fandom in that empire strikes back is the best star wars movie because it takes everything new hope did right ramps it up and gives you so many new aspects there are new planets there are new characters to meet there's a huge plot twist which has become the one of the biggest plot twists not just in star wars but in cinema yeah um i don't know it's it's to me that is the perfect star wars movie maybe not the perfect movie but the perfect star wars movie so number one is empire strikes back that's always going to be my favorite and it's going to be damn hard for lucasfilms to make a Star Wars project that trumps that. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm curious as to see where our crossovers lie. There's a if couple. Any. I noticed a couple. Um, yeah. But I just would like to put this out there. It's like minus my bottom two, the rest kind of interchange when it comes to like my top three pretty much stay consistent. But like everywhere between the, the bottom two and like the top three, they can it change very how I'm feeling. Okay. But this is what I'm feeling kind of currently. It's all a gray area. Yeah. But like most of it probably stays the same, but there's like a few properties that will change. But like I'm going to start off Rise of Skywalker. If that wasn't clear, that's my bottom. Yeah. I made that pretty clear. And the next one's The Last Jedi. I made those two very clear in this episode that I just. And I understand. Understandable. <laughs> I, can't, totally I can't. understandable. I can't watch them. It's hard. It's like a chore for me to watch them. And I just. Yeah. I just can never really get into them. Uh, but my next one might surprise you, actually. It's Rebels. You don't like Rebels that much. I like aspects of it. It's just the like what you said. The animation's quirky. and It definitely is a kid's show. It wasn't like mm-hmm. one that grew with its audience. And I just like... To the overall Star Wars lore, it doesn't do much other than just set up the Rebellion. Yeah, which I, I want to see more Vader scenes. And then yeah. I'll like revamp my list. But for now, Rebels is pretty low on mine, too. Next is Force Awakens. My favorite one of the sequel trilogy. I thought it laid the groundwork, but of course, looking back on it now, is how much it was kicked and spit on by yeah. Disney and how they didn't put the effort to like keep that story going. Yeah, Disney really did not put any the, thought. Well, I, I, like you said, effort into the good aspects of what they put out, yeah. you know? Like, yeah, okay, everyone says, like, oh, it's like a new hope. And, like, okay, sure, maybe it had a lot of similarities, but, like, it laid the groundwork for something that could have been better. Yeah. And I just think that it's one of the reasons why it's down so low. Next is Solo. Uh, It's one of – it's fun. I enjoy this one a lot. It's just – it's a movie I didn't need. It's a movie that I, I watch, and it's like – it's. I it's, agree. It's, it's like we Solo. know who Solo, yeah. Han Solo is. It's like it's always just weird because, like, I always – Consider think, Harrison Ford, Han Solo, so it's like seeing Alden Ehrenreich. Yeah, it's just yeah, yeah it's always kind of uncanny I a think, little bit. Oh, I think there were as like a handful of audience members that were like, "Who was Han Solo before the Cantina on on Mos Eisley?" I didn't need that. Though. Yeah, I didn't think. That if either. we had a movie just based on Boba Fett, that would have been great. Which funny enough <laughs> is my next. Which funny enough is my next one. It's the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, really, the excluding the Mandalorian episodes and like the last in the season finale. 
this show didn't do it for me. Yeah. I think it was fun to see Boba, but it just wasn't the Boba I grew up in, the Boba I knew. Sure. And the best parts were just that it was the Mandalorian. Yeah, so. the best parts were the parts without Boba Fett. <laughs> Basically. That's really and that's the part that I hate about it, because it's like, it should have been a good show dedicated to Boba, but it just wasn't. Yeah. But that's that. But now we're getting into uh, The Phantom Menace. That's my, what, one, two... Seven. It's number seven. Number seven? Wow. Seven from the bottom. So. Oh, okay. So number nine. Yeah, number nine. And I enjoy it. I, I like Darth Maul Qui-Gon, like you said, are the two big shiny areas. But I also like Obi-Wan. I like the dynamic between him and his master. And yeah. I kind of like that shadowy Palpatine in the background. Like, you know he's coming. You know what's about to go down. Yeah. And I just also really enjoy the, uh, the space battle. I really enjoy the Naboo Starfighters going up against the Trade Federation. I think it's a great introductory movie. I just, I, I don't hold it in high regard. Yeah. But okay. it, it's just, I, I enjoy it. It's one of my favorite, one of my favorite Star Wars albums. So it has a lot of good music to yeah, it. The and scores. That's all I really need in a Star Wars movie half the time is the music. Is the I part. understand completely. <laughs> what uh, you got next? Uh, so the Bad Batch is actually next. I love the clones. I think uh, the Bad Batch is in the same place for us. Yeah, what's well, you're at? Uh... That one's number nine. I think you had Phantom Menace at number ten. But I like the Bad Batch because it really it just shows that interwar period of the fall of the Republic and the rise of the Empire, and it shows that the end, like the Empire's here, it's here to stay. Yeah, it's an important link in the chain link fence that is Star Wars. It really is. And moving on to number eight, Attack of the Clones. It's like you said, the dialogue's crappy, but. God damn, do I not love it. Yeah. I, again, it's with the clones. The clones the save the movies. The for clones me. and the lightsaber play are very good. Yes, seeing Yoda go after Count Dooku is always like one of my favorite scenes. And I just, 100%. I like, I like seeing Kamino. I like the the mystery behind the planet and the people and everything like that. Yeah, it's just a lot of fun. So I'm on what number one, two, yeah, number seven. So number seven is a New Hope, which is not even in my yeah, top that's, five. That is an interesting that decision it's one that i'm sure a lot of stars are gonna be like you're not a real star wars fan it's like i just like i don't care i don't care it's just <laughs> everything above this list i will enjoy a lot more than watching a new hope and don't get me wrong yeah. i love a new hope it's by far you know it's the movie that started star wars without it we wouldn't have any of this but it's just there's so much stuff that i would rather watch than than that and i i'm happy that it's at least not lower but it was just so hard for me going up the rest of this list to like build it because everything else is so close and this is one of those that was like so close but they had to get put here i imagine there's a few people that are going to be upset that you put oh, new sure. hope at number seven star wars fans could probably become... tom yeah tom will be but, but star wars fans are just toxic so i agree most of them are can we all just love star wars no matter what well when we're talking about stuff that we don't like i'll admit i've been toxic when talking about star wars 100 percent yeah, no, I have too, especially with the sequel trilogy. Yep. But, you know, at the end As of the day... As they just spent an hour listening. <laughs> at the end of the day, everyone likes Star Wars for their own reasons, so let's not, like, sure, go yeah. too, too hard into, like... Let's just let it be what it is. Yeah. What's your number six? Mandalorian. That is the same as mine, too? Yeah, so, wow. that's, so that was the one co the one of the common things I saw is that... I love it. Din Djarin. It's great. It's just... I love bounty hunters. And yeah. It's, seemed, it's so original, and it's so good. It's... It was a breath of fresh air that Star Wars needed, and it needed it at the right time because it really started to fix a lot of the issues, especially with that season coming out right before The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. So that kind of softened the blow a little bit because everyone would be like, oh, no, it's garbage. And then it's like, oh, at least we have The Mandalorian, though. Yeah. 
So it's like, yeah, yeah that was nice. It was a nice little saving grace. But above that is Return of the Jedi. Number, number five. five. So we're in the top five now. Return of the Jedi, I like it more than New Hope. I'm sorry. I, I think, like it too. It's I my think, number four where New Hope is five. I think it has one of the sickest space battles in Star Wars. I it's think, very cool. I think, like you said, the lightsaber duel with Vader, Palpatine, and Luke, it's awesome. I think the, them going down to the shield generator and trying to destroy it is always fun, minus the Ewoks, but like I think that's always fun. Yeah. And I, I just think it was a really good way to end that story. You know, we got to see Anakin come back to for, to the light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. It's it's a very well rounded period on the sentence that mm-hmm. is the original trilogy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. And it's kind of more of Anakin's story. We got the Clone Wars at number the animated series four. Yeah. So wow. I you hold it in high regard. It was my. It was that my, makes sense though because the clones. Yeah. Well, that. But it was also it was the first thing that i got to watch that was star wars related that was new because yeah. i but because everyone saw the prequels and everyone saw the original trilogies but like that was my star wars that's what i grew up on how do you feel about the clone wars movie i watch it it <laughs> hasn't aged well <laughs> i watch it i actually watched Take it pretty it recently actually it's it's something look it's it does hasn't aged very well the animation but like it's yeah, still if you fun watch the clone wars, just watch the show yeah but uh, it's just like it it holds a special place in my heart especially with oh, season sure. seven it's like that was my Star Wars. That was what me and my friends watched every week, every Friday night, or when Saturday morning when it switched to that. It's like that's what we would talk about at school. That's what we would refer to or like play as when we had like Legos and stuff like that. It has a lot of cool memories with that. Yeah. And that's why it's kind of so up there as a high regard for me. But top three, we pretty much have the same top three, but some of them are just flip flop. Revenge of the Sith's number three. Revenge of the Sith this and Rogue one, one are flipped. It's hard. Rogue One's two, but Revenge of the Sith's three. And this was so hard because honestly, it's close. They're, well, both of both of them are so refreshing to see because they are the right way to do a like a modern Star Wars movie. Yeah, like as great as the original ones are, we do have to you know take the technological advancements in filmmaking and apply them to them. And Rogue One and Revenge of the Sith do that excellently. It's just Revenge of the Sith, I love for all different reasons. I love, I love, you know. Obi-Wan and Anakin's dynamic throughout the movie, especially the final battle. Yeah. You know, again, you don't get to see much clones, but again, clones always got to represent. But it's it's like it showed a little bit of the war, but not enough of what I want to see with the Clone Wars. The Clone Wars TV show did a good job of that, but like Rogue One had the war side. War, Rogue One really got to show like the nitty gritty of like what combat in Star Wars is like, and that's yeah. something that just always fascinates me as a, even like a history buff. Oh, sure. So like seeing like kind of like a version of that in space is yeah, always some parallels pretty, between yeah it's always pretty history. interesting so i it's it's always so hard because honestly it used to be revenge of the sith as number two until yeah. rogue one came out i understand so and of course the darth vader scene really sold it, yeah. it basically <laughs> that bumped that it up to number two that bumped it up right there honestly let alone that movie could have been awful and it, literally that scene probably would have just been that made that movie so much higher yeah i agree but the, the whole movie's great yeah, yeah that's very refreshing so Rogue One was your number two, and then yeah. your number one's the same. Number one's Empire. Empire Strikes Back. Again, if if you need an explanation behind why Empire is so great, there's go to not going to pre- be... Go to our previous episode. There's, well, there's not going to be any better explanation than just watching the movie. As it's, always, we, we can't... You know, we'll never be able to do the movies justice. Mm-hmm. We actually... Uh, we did a better job of explaining the sequel trilogy today than the sequel, than the sequel <laughs> trilogies do themselves. But for the good ones... They're ones to watch and not to hear about. 
Yeah, I mean, Empire just, it's a well-paced movie. It's enjoyable. It has everything you want in a Star Wars movie. It has action. It has excitement. It has romance. And it does romance oh, sure. very well if you're into that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm there for the war. We're there for the We're there side. for the fighting. The fighting. And We're the, there for the The fighting. dueling. Yeah. It's just... Star Wars this, is just good. Star Wars is good. Overall, if we had to say final thoughts on just the entire... It's a fun the franchise. Star Wars. It's fun. Yes. It's a good time. And, like, I understand why it has such a huge fan base, you know? And, uh, obviously, I'm a part of it. <laughs> uh, it's stuff that you can grow up on no matter what generation you're from, you know? Yeah. It's timeless, and it can be shown throughout the generations. It's brings people together, and I think that's kind of a really cool thing, too, because that's something my parents showed me. It's yeah. something your parents showed you. So, it's like, it could just bring people together and it, it's and a good film to show your it's kids it's a good film to show the kids but it's also just a good film if you want to get into some sort of fandom or some sort of universe because it's just sometimes when life can get you down yeah that that's star always wars. there star wars is always there star wars like, is always there for you yeah it's always there for you not so, to get philosophical late at night here but you know yeah to wrap this up anybody who has not seen star wars for star wars. some reason and is listening to us talk about it uh, go watch Star Wars. I mean, it's it's just a good time, even when you have a bad time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Even the bad movies can be fun to watch, and I think I agree. we got to make that clear. As much as we gave crap on every all the movies throughout this entire three part series, it's we still will watch them no matter what and 100%. still enjoy them. They're, they're so. always going to be a part. They're always going to be a part of our lives. You know? Yeah. And for the future, they're just going to stay there. Star Wars has a very bright future ahead, and I'm sure soon we'll be talking about some other properties when they come out. The Obi-Wan. That's going to be a fun one. And we will surely be talking about that in future yeah. episodes. Although maybe not to the extent that we talked about the rest of Star Wars. Well, we might. Maybe this is going to be the best thing Star Wars <laughs> has ever had ever. Special. It's true. But, I mean, I think that pretty much wraps up our, our three-part Star Wars saga here, doesn't it? Yeah, it is. I can't believe it. this was a fun journey to go on, especially kind of breaking everything down and just talking about it. Yeah, looking you know? back on it. Because, like, I've discussed it, like, a lot with people before. But now I can listen to myself discuss it over and over again. I'll probably end up disagreeing with myself when I go back and edit <laughs> yeah, this later. Yeah, I'm going to go back and be like, wow, I sound like a freaking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> be like, man, Last Jedi actually rules. No, I'll never agree with that. Who knows? I'll maybe, stick to that. Maybe if the uh, the TV shows can fix the sequel trilogy, who knows? Well, anyway, we finished up our Star Wars. What are we doing next week? Are we doing our, or I guess two weeks? Two weeks. We got the Oscars around the corner, so I think that's going to be the next thing on the agenda. We're so. going to make our predictions, and and it's up in the air whether or not we'll make predictions for all of the categories or just, just the, the big, big ones. ones. Probably I'm the big ones. I'm thinking just the big ones because it would take too much. You're time. You're not going to care about best cinematography i mean or, i would but you know or like uh editing costume yeah i think costume would be better than editing though um, duo but, will probably win but that's sorry yeah. that's a little uh, tease for you but uh, you know join us next time to listen to our predictions for at least at very least the big categories of the oscar uh oscar award ceremony uh but thanks for joining us this time i am noah and i am mike and this has been the quiet in front podcast thanks for joining us we'll see you guys next time Thanks for listening to the Quiet in Front podcast. We'll see you in two weeks with our latest thoughts on your favorite movies. Don't forget to catch up on previous episodes on the Quiet in Front Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, I'm Michael McDonald. And I'm Noah Philman, And we are signing off for today's episode.